0: Today on Follow Our Lead, I had the opportunity to talk to mainline style icon and the queen of the Philadelphia bridal scene, Deborah Van Cleve. Deborah owns Van Cleve Bridal in Paoli and is the president and founder of the Van Cleve collection. Deborah's career journey started as a teacher and moved into selling accessories at home parties, to getting her own store, to adding sportswear, and eventually evening wear. With over 35 years of design experience, Deborah could retire, but she loves the brand, the people, and the industry so much that she's not ready to slow down. In this episode, Deborah talks about the best decisions she's made and what advice she has for aspiring entrepreneurs. So tell us a
1: little bit about how you. Started your journey and how we ended up in this magnificent store that you have here on the main line. Well, um, I'll make the journey short because it's a long journey. <laughs> um, well, I was, I'm from Houston and uh, when I graduated from college, I uh, first taught school. We had a wonderful uh, experience. My girlfriend and I, we they graduated together. We were 21 and we were teaching 18-year-olds. And we all had about four different classes uh, per per person. It was quite an experience. It was enlightening. It was a great growth period. Then I flew for United Airlines, which was another adventure. Wow. And uh, the way I came to Philadelphia was uh, I had met a man through design. I had then gone into the design business because that was my background. And I had, a, I had an aunt who lives here. So I was up here visiting and heard that there was a, a school that wanted to redo their admissions office. And so I put in an appearance and ended up hearing the headmaster. Amazing. <laughs> so that's how I ended up here. How did you start this massive business? Well, I had a nice business in Houston of interior design for many years. And when I came, my uh, husband and asked me if I would just not work. I don't do well <laughs> at not creating and not working. And uh, I met some people. In another gal from the South. And she had a little business out in Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. And sold jewelry and accessories. So I asked her if I could do home parties for her. Started doing home parties. Started doing really well because I really liked it and um inevitably she and her partner decided to close the business I said well let me just buy what's in there and I did and that was 100 square feet I have a picture of that building in my office and I'm still in correspondence with Sarah who curiously enough moved to Houston Texas oh my gosh yeah it's talking about full circle That's how I got here, and that's how the business began. Okay, so you were at accessories. How did we go from accessories to this massive store we're sitting in? It's been so interesting and so much fun, so risky, and so exciting. Uh, After I had this store for a little while, and I had some great community support, there became an opportunity to go to I opened a little store and I added sportswear. And then we were at a fashion show one day and heard that the cocktail was closing in Paoli. And I immediately called the landlord and said, Can I take that building? And I moved into that building and uh there began it all was Van Cleve, but that began the big the beginning of the surge when you said it's been risky. What do you think was the biggest risk that you had to take to get where you are today? Starting the journey. Starting it. Okay. I, that, Fair enough. That was the big risk, but, you know, you figure you're 40 years old or 30, 39 years old. Yeah. You know, you All win, you win, your lo- you, win yeah. you lose. Yeah. You know? And I, I really never had any fear. You've built a reputation for yourself. You've built a reputation around, when we hear Van Cleef, everyone's like, oh. We know what that is. They just say Van Cleve and they know. How do you think you were able to build a reputation like you have around your name? Well, first of all, longevity is a really um, unusual thing in this business. And to have had this business now for 36 years, uh, that's how some of it builds. The other thing that causes it to build is never being stagnant never looking back. It's like maybe here and there, but to always keep moving forward and looking forward, always trying to be, it's a fashion business, being on the edge, but not too far on the edge. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I've done some edgy things and some of them work, some of them don't, but we've always felt like we're classic with a twist. You know, I don't want to get off track, but it's just been a series of events in my life that have propelled forward. And some of them I have planned and some of them have just occurred. You kind of balance the dichotomy of kind of being on the, the cutting edge some of these more classic items. It must be sort of hard to kind of juggle the the change in the market. Well you know I know who I am. I know what my brand is. You know and I have people that have tried over the years to change it and they don't let them let there be a change i know who the brand is i know what i want to put out there i don't feel i have competition everybody's got their own deal Mm -hmm. their own place i only try to focus on what my brand is and how i can further advance the the brand Mm It's really not hard. Once you know who you are, what you want to be, where you want to go, and what's driving the machine. Did you always know that when you first started Bankly or did that change for you over time? Well, I've changed. I've pivoted several times. I always knew my brand. But I've made a couple of pivots. Uh, The biggest pivot I made. Was when I went from the little small store to add sportswear. And then when I went from the medium store to the large store, I walked in and a bookkeeper came with that one. And she said, You have to have evening. Wear. I said, Well, I don't know anything about eating. She said, Well, go figure it out. So I went to New York. I bought six dresses, brought them home, six evening gowns. And that's how the evening wear business started. And then I figured out the rest. And evening wears is one of our hugely strong suits. But at that time, it was new. So we had that change. We made that pivot. And then I was in that building for 20 years. So well, I was in that building actually for 15, 16 years. The one next door became available. And I said, I'm going to take that building. I had the same landlord. He was fabulous me. And very supportive. Uh, I said, I'm going to take that. And he said, oh, I don't think you can afford it. And I said, but I will be. Give me a chance. Help me with that. So he helped me, you know, finish out the building. And so I decided to do a boutique within a boutique. And that was my first getting my feet in the waters of bridal. I got vendors for everything. It was great. So all I was doing was kind of like overseeing and uh watching it and then we had a big crash in 2008 and all the vendors that I had in my building were small mm-hmm. they couldn't pay so I sat in it I had my building on the other next door that was sportswear and anything wear mm-hmm. that was taking me hit, mm-hmm. and then had an empty building <laughs> And and I, I thought, jeez, I never wanted to go in the bridal business. And I, I remembered my daddy years ago said, when you don't know what you're doing, do nothing. I sat there for three months with an empty building. The following week, a road rep from Cronovius, which is a line I still carry, came in and he said, I heard you you were going into the bridal business. And I said, well, I guess I am. He said, great. We'll be your first one. And that's how the bridal business started. Yeah. I mean, that's unheard of. That's that's how that started. And, of course, I didn't know anything about bridal. And I thought, well, I need somebody young. I hired a gal who worked for me for many years. Uh. But she helped get that bridal business off the ground. Uh Best thing I ever did in my life. Well, not the best, but one of the best moves I've made in business. It became the future. So, I mean, I'm just thinking about, I always put myself in the person I'm interviewing shoes. And if I was in your shoes at that point, I think I would be terrified because I, at that point, you didn't know much about bridal. So did anybody, did you have a mentor or did you seek out people in the industry? Who kind of helped you or guided you? Nobody. When when he walked in, I thought, okay, this will be great. And and the next thing that was told, you need to go to Bridal Market. So I went to Bridal Market and and bought what I thought was set. The young woman that I hired uh, to run it, she knew nothing about Bridal Lady, but she was a mover and shaker. The thing of it is, is I'm an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. I figure things out. Mm-hmm. And if I don't know how to do something, I find somebody who does. And Abby didn't know anything about the bridal business, but she knew everything. From starting and having those five dresses to having what you have now, what did that journey look like for you? You know, how did you, how were you able to afford all the inventory? That's very difficult. And I was fortunate, fortunate enough to have a little bit of money. Of my own and uh, that was my seed money mm-hmm. and then it was up to me to make the money I sold I, I worked night and day I there was never a day I wasn't working and it was always like from eight o'clock in the morning till you know nine o'clock at night it was it was not easy but uh, you just have when it's when it's your money. You just have to be sure that you uh, can duplicate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And you must have really believed in yourself. I mean, it's one thing to have an idea, but then it's another to like execute it, put money behind it, put your time behind it, your reputation behind it. So that must have been very scary for you or nerve wracking for you, I'm sure. But then at the same time, you really believed in yourself and your brand, and I think that really is a testament to you because you still are. Decades later, your brand, you know, and I think that's just such a amazing thing to, to accomplish as, as an entrepreneur. It It is, it is, it's, um, it, it was a lot of work. You know, I probably foolishly believed in myself, <laughs> but I believed I could do it, and I had, I had great people mm-hmm. that came to work with me. You know, it was. They were just great, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't even their business. And they, we all felt like a family. What we tried to do, what I've tried to do over all these years, is make this feel like a family and a team. I like people with uh, an outlook that other people will want to be with. Mm. You know, uh, I think that's that's part of the company. Mm-hmm. That builds your confidence mm-hmm. when you find people that are, are so wonderful. Mm-hmm. And like minded too. Yeah. And support. important. I want to back up a little bit. How did you get into design? I I was raised in an artistic an artistic mother. My mother was a painter. And you know, she'd like cry when she sells her painting. <laughs> my father and I would make fun of uh, her. and and my father was a business person. And my mother, uh, my mother was a very positive influence, and so was my father. I was an only child, and so they instilled in me the ability to trust in yourself, be independent, and make decisions, mm-hmm. and feel good about it. And feel good about it. Yeah. And like my my um, my mother used to tell me, "So what is the worst thing that can happen?" You fail. You know, failure is not the end. You know, failure is time for a new beginning. Your creative side. You're. Uh, you must be creative too. Oh, I'm very creative. So when did you? But I'm. I can't paint. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, my mother was a painter. My granddaughter is a, is an artist. No, it skipped. That skipped. <laughs> uh, I am. I am very good at visualizing projecting you know people who have a talent or a gift or um you know something that they really enjoy how you've been able to kind of take that and make it into what you've made it into well that sounds great (laughs) (laughs) it's true it's true. but but, you know i just love it i love i love being a part of it Mm -hmm. i love the people i meet. i love I love fabrics. I love to touch them. I love art. I love, it's just, it's just a part of who I am. I don't have to make myself feel this way. Mm-hmm. It just, I just do. Yeah, I would kill to have the skills that you have, you know, and then be able to do something with those skills. So many people are so talented in so many ways and they just don't know what to do with it. Um, but for you, you've turned into a, a leader in, in your field and in your industry. So, you know, you, how many staff do you have now? Well, I have, uh, well, there's 10 of us, uh, and eight to eight are sales, and two are seamstresses. Okay, so you've had, and you've probably, over your career, hundreds of employees. So your leadership style, how would you describe it? How are you as a boss? Well, my leadership style has changed. I used to be a micromanager. Hmm. I mean, I would I was like a morning, noon, and nighter looking over everybody's shoulders. I also love business, so I look, I'm all about the numbers and, you know, what's happening. And then I finally, I finally have gotten the team or not. Uh, I have more of a um, participatory uh, style of managing. I have Excellent managers, and they don't look over their shoulders, but, except like sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask them after this. <laughs> I think your I think your management style probably changes with time, with giving up some power. Uh, and I have probably given up more control and power in the last six years. Why do you think that is? I think because I can still like to be in the background, the creative, this kind of thing. But I really, I really feel, really feel comfortable giving the power. And it's it's been great. So now that you've given up some of that, what is your role here at Banky? Uh, well, I'm the owner of the company. Uh, I am uh, very involved in the financials. I'm very involved in in all the buying. Okay. The buying for bridal is I try to have my manager who's best at it because she's in there every day and uh, observing everything. And my employees, my bridal consultants, they all went to bridal market. You know, my uh, the people who their strong suits are on the evening wear. I love that buy. I sent that the different markets, Chicago, New York, by themselves. And then we sit down and go through everything. The bridal industry is competitive. Yes. How are you able to stay competitive, but also, you know, really pay attention to the details? I mean, fashion's a mass market and fast paced How are you able to sort of keep this great reputation of quality craftsmanship in this crazy market we're in? Also, you know, stay true to your brand and stay true to the people that you serve. We make moves in buying careful. And that's the only thing I can tell you. I mean, we have wonderful designers. Well, last year we we said, okay, we're going to go, we're going to move up our price point. And we're going to take an adventure into some designers that are way more expensive. And See you how know, it moves. See you how know, it moves, and it's been well received. That's our new room that we, we have the uh, the jewel box, which my manager named that. We're trendy, but we're not too trendy. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. We're we're very careful and meticulous. We see thousands of dresses. We buy very select. We also like to focus on designers that nobody else has, or that give us that give us an exclusive. Mm. So I think that. That helps us. That helps us. Uh, that brings us more crime. You've had a long history of supporting local designers and local artisans. How are you able to do that while still being competitive? Well, when I do something like that, I usually do a co-op with them. Okay. You know, it, it, it becomes, I just don't go by somebody's line just because they're local. They popped it. right. I, I don't do that. If, if I see something I like, just like if I see an artist, I, I try to work something out. Well, let's give you some exposure. Let's give me some exposure and see where it goes. Mm-hmm. I'm just not, I just don't dive in. I support people all the time by going to them and doing things with them and fundraising. But, you know, I just don't jump into a designer because, because they're local. Mm-hmm. But you have had quite a few local designers. Yes. Okay. So talk to us about some of the advice you've received over the years that really helped you. Always look forward. Be prepared to pivot if you have to, or if you want to trust in, trust in yourself. Don't try to be somebody you're not. And there's so many things that mm-hmm. have, that I have found. And these are things that were said, not here's what you need to do to be successful. These are things that when you listen to what people have to say to you, that you remember, don't forget who brought you. Always leave leave the dance with the guy who brought you. That's an old Southern thing. But don't forget about all the people that have supported you to get where you are. You need to give back to that. So it's it's all how you make somebody feel mm-hmm. that that can build you a right now. it's not. It's not Super easy for everyone to build these these quality relationships with their clients and their staff. How do you? How are you able to do that? Do you think it's something that comes natural? Is it something you have to really work towards? I love what I do. I love people. I'm not afraid to speak my truth. If I if something's driving me crazy with with an associate, I'll say it. And people have to have to kind of trust you. Yeah. They have to trust that. You're there to take care of them. Your employees have to trust that you have a solid company. There's a lot of trust involved in building the business. How are you able to do that? How can you build that trust? We build the trust with our clients by having good talent, mm-hmm. by being here, by taking care of it, by following through. And it's the same thing, basically, with uh, the employees. Mm-hmm. We're here for you. We, you know, we, we have incentives, We we love you more than just an employee. We want you to be part of the team. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, and every day that's not easy, right? And then, and then when things get rough, you have to draw a line, mm-hmm. and it's only this. Mm-hmm. It's an That's a time when you had to make a really difficult such difficult decision, and maybe that decision really propelled you forward, and maybe it did, but. Talk to us about kind of what your thought process is when you have to make a difficult decision. You just have to take your time. Think about it. You have to make that decision, commit to that decision, and move forward. You give everything a chance as much as you can. And then the decision, it's like you don't have to even make the decision. The decision comes. Mm-hmm. I think that sort of goes back. Reminds me of that story you told with the buyer coming into your coming into your store, Debra. You just had a birthday. So I did. Happy birthday! Um, we're in a month of celebrating, right? Yeah. <laughs> you could retire at this point in your life, probably, but you haven't. You're still here. I've I've read in interviews you've been asked that question before, and you've said you're not done with this chapter of your life yet. What do you mean by that? It's true. Uh, well, I remember a couple of years ago. And what I was talking about well what do I do as my next chapter I don't want to go sit on the beach you know day yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to I don't want to give up being in the middle of things I don't want to do this I'm not... and so that's when it came to me yeah you don't want to do it because you're not done and that's where I am and that's what I mean and after that you know big self analysis of about a year <laughs> that's when I expanded. And this self analysis came in twenty twenty when <laughs> we were like sitting here going, oh, okay. This is a pandemic. We've now lived through a pandemic. And I thought okay, it's time for me to do something else. But it's this is exactly where I want to be until I don't. And this is uh, when this is what you do. I mean, I don't, I don't even really have a <laughs> Yeah, okay, So you can go play golf. This. Oh, I'm not good at anything. But uh, the only thing I enjoy, and I get, I get to do this. My, my grandchildren, my daughter, son-in-law don't live close. I mean, they live out of state. And so I have the time now to go and stay for a while and then come back. And to me, that's all I need. So that's. How old are your records? 16. Okay. And 12. So they know what you, they know what you, what you do about do. Oh yeah, they know <laughs> what you do. What do they think of this? Well, they think it's fabulous. And <laughs> my daughter always says, never want to work that. All right. <laughs> She's got the right idea. <laughs> she, she said, I want a life. It's something you love. It's, it's a passion. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's enjoyable. Every day is a new day. Mm-hmm. You know, there's all kinds of problems that you have to solve. Mm-hmm. And i like talking about them. And mm-hmm. I, I, like, I like all the whole stuff. I like everything about the business. I was in interior design. I loved it. Mm-hmm. And I worked by myself. And I had a great business. It must be so fun and rewarding to be with people when they're looking for dresses for the best days of their lives. It is exciting and, and sometimes you have to, you have to remind people that this is the best. Mm-hmm. The mother's afraid she's going to say the wrong thing and it, and then they're looking for the dress and they're all nervous. It's like, this is great. Mm-hmm. These are all celebrations. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to spend more money than you want. I'm yeah. <laughs> you know, getting around it. I'm fortunate to be in a business that is surrounded by happiness. I was got married last year, so I kind of oh, through all tell this. Me that. <laughs> yes, I got married last year, so I went through all of this. So I feel like I'm very close to the whole being a bride. Well, I'm not going to ask you where you got your dress because you didn't get that married. <laughs> that's because that's, I didn't know of you yet. If I knew of you, I would. And it's funny when I when I was to do this interview, I'm like, oh, I wish I knew Deborah a year ago, um, two years ago, right? Three quarter Cause you know, it takes forever to get, a, I don't know what it's like, but it does take a long time to get a dress these days. You know, I realized that there's so many people involved and they all know each other. <laughs> I was like, what is going on? I've never seen the industry where, you know, you could be a photographer, but they know all the, the bridal people. So fun. So how does that work? Like, I don't know. I just think it's so unique to this, to the wedding world, I guess. So I think it is really a wedding world. Um, we know everybody. Yeah. And that must be really fun too to kind of it's do. really great. like tomorrow night we're going to um, I'm going with Ashley we're going to the wedding walk in Philly and you know we'll see all the different vendors we like to collaborate with vendors it's it's a uh, it's a it, it's a young business. Mm-hmm. It's a young business full of young, exciting people who are creating new things. And uh, we all, uh, well, all we young people know each other. (laughs) Now, all we people in this business like to know each other. Mm -hmm. So we're going to get ready to close out, uh, Deborah. but I want to ask you, is there anything else we didn't talk about? Things you want to share with business owners and leaders in the community that we haven't talked about? I would just say this, you know, to other people that are already in business. The best thing we can do is support each other. Um, that's huge. Send each other clients. Like in Paoli, you know, we do, we do send clients to each other. Support, support. Um, I'm a big advocate of supporting women who are starting businesses and helping to mentor, mentor women. I mean, and this is true for men too. Be true to your brand and be true to your community and be true to yourself. You know, for me, there are so many people I wanted to ask for help, but you get afraid. So, what if you get rejected? I mean, maybe it's embarrassing. I would be embarrassed. Like if you told me no, I would be like mortified. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> get over it. <laughs> you got. You right, right. it. No. Usually, if you would reach out to someone, it's someone that would not reject you. You know, if you if you were if you came to me and you wanted to know about starting your business what is that what can i give you to first, i tell you you need some money mm-hmm. you know and then i give you steps and i don't think anybody's people like to be asked for help mm-hmm. they really do they like to be needed <laughs> <laughs> they, do. they do yeah and and i don't think anybody's going to turn away a question you may not like the answer I appreciate you so much. I'm so glad we got to be here. I wish so fun. I wish everyone could come and visit Van Cleve. It's incredible. We're gonna put a link in the description about how to uh, visit Van Cleve and see all of Deborah's amazing dresses, evening wear gowns, wedding dresses, menswear, derby dresses, derby dresses, um, and all all of the things you could ever want. Accessories. Accessories.
0: Okay. Um, Debra is your girl. So we'll, we'll put a link in the description. Deborah, thank you so much for being here. As Deborah said, the biggest risk was having the courage to start the journey. Once she made the first few business moves, the rest fell into place, but not without hard work, industry expertise community support, and having people that believed in her, like her parents and even her landlord that took a chance on her abilities. Deborah credits some of the best business decisions she's ever made to hiring exceptional staff, some of which were key to building her bridal business. Deborah is a true entrepreneur. She figures it out or she finds people to help her figure it out. To learn more about Deborah and Van Cleef Bridal, we'll provide a link in the description notes And if you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe, follow, and give us a five-star review until next time.